This is from Ananda, who's over in Europe. She's sending it for Baba's birthday. How wonderful, beautiful. <coughs> so, welcome everyone. Let's see. Uh, I had my own uh, apparel thing tonight. This. But I actually have one for the learn to meditate. I don't know whether I'll be in orange or in white. So you'll have to attend the course to find out. <laughs> but you should really come to it. I haven't done it in a long time, and it's uh, very good. If you're an advanced meditator, it'll help you. And if you're a beginning meditator, you'll have all the tools that you need. And you can keep me company through it anyway. So I hope you do that. Uh, we had, as uh, Leela said, we had a bit of a uh, breakout, a few cases of COVID last week, so we're, we were very cautious during the week. I heard the World Health Organization declared the pandemic over, but they didn't tell COVID, unfortunately. Uh, but in any event, uh, hopefully next week uh, we'll be mask-free, uh, except for Channing, I guess. Um, and it turns out, here's the thing, Baba's birthday Baba's birthday is not a simple thing. In India, they celebrated on the phase of the moon, the full moon, which was yesterday. So that's the Indian celebration. However, the Western celebration is on the 16th of May, which is next Tuesday, a week from Tuesday. So actually, we're going to celebrate Baba's birthday again next week because a lot of people are missing it tonight. And Devi Ma, just as I came into the hall, found that her test was negative, so that's, that's a good thing. <clears throat> and um, so hopefully everybody will be back and we can uh, enjoy part two of uh, Baba's. I love to celebrate Baba's birthday. Uh, the first big celebration that I attended when I got to Ganeshbury was his 63rd birthday, yes. and. Uh, Today would be his 115th. You can see I've been doing this for a while. <coughs> it's either a, a singleness of purpose or a lack of imagination, <laughs> one or the other. <coughs> what else do I want to mention? Oh, obviously, uh, we also probably lost a few, not just to COVID, but to coronation. <coughs> so. Um, <coughs> Um, and that's, that's very good. <laughs> um, but it made me think, because somebody told me, I, I, I'm not responsible for the, the veracity of these remarks, because people tell me, you know, the ashram is filled with peculiars, which means highly emotional, highly intuitive people who get channel things from all kinds of spheres in different <laughs> universes, and sometimes what they lack in accuracy, they make up for in inspiration. <laughs> but, but they told me that uh, King Charles was going to put on a, a, a crown that weighs like 40 pounds or something. You know? And he only puts it on once in his life. And it's been there you know, for yonks for many, many years. Uh, is this true? More or less uh, accurate? Anyway. What is that? Is that the? How much does it weigh? Five kilos. What? Five kilos. 
Five kilos. I thought like 20 kilos. Five kilos. And he only gets to wear it once, right, at this point? Huh? Yeah. Well, my hat's five kilos. But it made me think of um, the Karmapa, who's the great Tibetan saint who, who visited... Uh, who visited the ashram, visited Baba, they were friends. In fact, when he came to America, I was his host in Ann Arbor, Michigan, the Ann Arbor ashram with Baba, and he met in Ann Arbor. But previously, they'd met in um, Ganeshpuri. And Karmapa is uh, just kind of at the second, just below the, the Dalai Lama in the Tibetan hierarchy. He was considered a great saint, great man, beautiful man. Um, and one of the things he does is called the Black Hat Ceremony where they have this crown, which is, again, very ancient. And he, he puts it on during this, they do this uh, puja, this ceremony, and they blow his horns, and it's very electric. And he puts this on, and as he puts it on, he becomes the Buddha. And so you're, it's like very stunning, very full of energy and so on. And he did that in Ganeshpur, in Baba's ashram. Uh, and then he, he and his entourage went on. And I wasn't in Baba's room, but uh, my friend Chandra was in his room at this point. And, and somebody came running in and said, they left the crown behind. <laughs> and uh, Baba said, bring it in. So they brought it in, it's in a box, you know. Baba says, open the box. And he said, let's look at it. And Baba said, should I put it on? And they all went, yes, yes. And Bob said, no. no. So it's perfect. I like a guru who will joke about it, but would have too much respect to put it on. And then some very ashen-faced Tibetan came back a few minutes later and <laughs> reclaimed it. So there you go. You like that story? <clears throat> so... Um, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, let me see how these glasses go. I won't be able to see you, but they're very fashionable. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> so I decide, because it's a special occasion, uh, I usually dip into my collection of Baba transcripts, which are unedited uh, talks that Baba gave uh, during his three world tours as wonderful material, and I thought suitable would be something from Melbourne, his last visit to, um, to Australia. He visited here three times, 1970, and then in 1974, and I was with him on that trip, and then in 78 again. And this is from 1978. I wasn't here, but I was doing, uh, what was I doing? I was. Uh, uh, running the L.A. ashram at that point. I'd been running the Ann Arbor ashram. But. So this is Baba in Melbourne, uh, 1978. He says, and you notice I didn't say something? Yeah. That's because Baba says, it's with great reverence and love, I welcome you all. In Hindi, that is, Sopko Barisanmane Kesat Premse Adik Swagat. With great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. Baba goes on, the practice that you can pursue to please God is to welcome another person with love. We're, all, we're going to have 
a two-day course. So Bob is spruiking his intensive. They're having an intensive, I think, the next day. I didn't look up what, whether it was the very next day. I think it was. Uh, uh, we're, going to, we're going to have a two-day course. The topic is, what is kundalini? How is it awakened? How many types of kundalini exist? Therefore, we will resume the public program on Monday again. Now your questions. So it must have been a Friday before the two-day intensive. <clears throat> Question. Now listen to this one. This is interesting. Dear Baba, I'm already happy. <laughs> what does an intensive have to offer me? Baba says, after taking an intensive, if I haven't offered you anything, you may become unhappy. <laughs> However, right now, I've started thinking how worthy you are to receive what I can offer you. What do you think? I would not like to be the person who asked that question. I'll say that no more. <clears throat> I don't think Bob will like that, that question particularly. Um, another question. From where did Siddha Yoga originate? Now, of course, Baba called his yoga Siddha Yoga. It was the same yoga that Bhagavan Nityananda practiced. Bhagavan Nityananda called it Raja Yoga, and we call it Shiva Yoga, but it's all part of the same Siddha Yoga tradition, the yoga of the Siddhas, of the realized beings, where there's transmission of uh, Shakti, Shakti part. I think I'm going to go back to the old ones. Of course, I, have, I can see you and read at the same time. That's better. Is that better? I don't know. Tell me what you really think later. <laughs> People always tell me what they really think later. <clears throat> so where did, from where did Siddha Yoga originate? Baba said, Siddha Yoga originated when Siddhas came into existence. Siddhas are realized beings, especially those of this lineage <clears throat> and this line of teachers, which is characterized by the awakening of the kundalini energy by Shaktipat. He says, it started in the beginning of creation. Brahma created this universe. However, to take care of this universe, he gave birth to seven sons. He gave birth to them with his own mind. They were mind-born, the seven rishis. <clears throat> they made this universe function in a very orderly manner. One of them was called Vishishta. Another one was Vyasa. Their lineage has come down since and is still alive. If someone were to ask me, to what family do you belong? This is called Gotra in India. Gotra means like a, a tradition, a family. <clears throat> I would say I am from Vishishta's Gotra. Vishishta was a being who existed at the beginning of creation. The lineage has come down to my father. So that's interesting biographical information. It must be his physical father that was somehow in connected with that. But anyway, so really speaking, the original being of Siddha Yoga was Lord Shiva. The whole lineage is written in a scripture called Siddha Parampara. You can read that. But my gotras come down from Vashishta to my father. There must have been millions of siddhas, too many to count. In the beginning, there was the supreme principle, God, or consciousness, which had no attributes. It was formless consciousness. <clears throat> it 
It was formless. From that formless consciousness, Shiva appeared, who embodied the bliss of wisdom. So Shiva is the first uh, form of God. Before Shiva, there's God without form, as consciousness. One thing is certain, Baba says, inside the gross, there exists the subtle. And also inside the subtle exists the gross. For example, that's an interesting statement. <clears throat> because Shaivism says that within consciousness, the whole material world exists in, in potential. And so within the subtle exists the gross. But at the same time, within the physical world, within all the physical manifestations, consciousness is the essence of it. So divinity exists within matter. And matter exists within divinity, basically saying. Baba says, for example, heat exists within fire. Another example, inside a drop of semen, this whole gross body exists. You know, the, the lineage is really very long. It has many siddhas in it. So Siddha Yoga was created from the beginning of creation. It wasn't created according to anybody's whim, or according to anybody's gossip. It wasn't capricious. Nobody's going to be able to improve this yoga. Nobody's going to be able to add something to it because it is perfect. It is complete in itself. It is the seed of all yogas, and you can't make any improvement in the seed. That's how Siddha Yoga is. It's existed from the beginning. It has no beginning. Since then, this lineage has been alive and stayed alive in the world. In other words, there's always, there's never a time when some uh, holder of this lineage is not there. That, that a seeker at any time in history who has that inner calling can always find a teacher that will put him in touch with this great shakti, the great energy of the lineage. He says, this is interesting too, there's a saying, you should not try to discover the origin of the Ganges. Oh, nor the family or origin of a sage. These historical details are not important. What is important is the quality of the Ganges and the quality of the sage. <clears throat> so he's saying, you know, he used to say, that's a press reporter's question, like the details, the historical details and so on. But he says, you can find out, you know, all the details, the historical and, and particular details uh, but you're not getting the essence of it. The essence of a sage is not <clears throat> where he's born and where he's educated and all that, but what he can give you, what his, what his attainment is. And Baba says that you should ask yourself, is the sage connected to the highest? Can he help me know the self? This is important, not the details of his origin. Yes. Question. <clears throat> Are there, pardon me, <clears throat> Are there women gurus? If so, why do we in the Western world not hear of them? Baba's answer is really cute. Who said you should not hear of them? <clears throat> There's no law that, there, that if there are women gurus or teachers, they should not hear of them. We don't have that law either in the Western countries or the Eastern countries. <laughs> He's hearing the question in a different way. <laughs> it's a law against hear, uh, hearing them. You should hear of them. They're not hidden. <clears throat> you should take the trouble to do some research. 
There are many books about them. You can find out about them. You have to put forth a little effort to learn something. Everyone wants things quickly. In my last world tour, somebody asked me, why can't you hold intensives which last only for one hour? <laughs> they want intensive as quickly as the rocket flies. <clears throat> this is the way of today's world. The professors should study and the students should just pass the course. The gurus should learn and the disciples should just pass everything. <laughs> the way of modern life. <clears throat> there were many women gurus. If you read the Guru Gita, you will know that Shankara recited the Guru Gita to Parvati, Shiva and Shakti. Then Parvati instructed others. You know, the Kundalini Shakti is nothing but Parvati, the goddess. The Baba is saying that the goddess is the essential guru of everything, the Shakti, the spiritual energy. Baba says, I can transfer Shakti into you and awaken your inner Shakti. I can also make you become aware of three types of Kundalini. I can, there are three types of Kundalini, because I'm sure you're curious, uh, represent the where it awakens, at the base of the spine, uh, at the heart, and the third eye, different areas, and they have different characteristics. Um, but it, the basic idea is that there's an awakening of consciousness. It can take different characteristics. There can be a lot of physical movements, or there can be, uh, that's one form, lots of energy and movement. It can have uh, ex opening of love, expansion of love, and good feeling and upliftment. Or it can have great light and wisdom uh, and knowledge. All, all are really the same, but they establish different, from different centers. So he says, I can, I can uh, make you become aware of three types of Kundalini. I can establish a friendly relationship between you and her, the Kundalini. However, it is she who makes you become aware of Shiva, not me, because she has seen him, she has been with him. So it's saying that it's actually the Kundalini energy, the goddess, who does everything. Baba can awaken, but the goddess does it. This is the subject of tomorrow's intensive. <laughs> the subject should be studied thoroughly. It shouldn't be like Sheikh Nasruddin's doctorship. Once it was cold, and it was also snowing a little bit everywhere. By the way, Sheikh Nasruddin, most of you know that uh, Mullah Nasruddin, Sheikh Nasruddin, as Baba said, is a character uh, very prevalent in Eastern uh, stories and fables in the, the East, the Far East, and in, uh, uh, in in Iran and India and all through the East, he's, this, uh, he's a really funny character. He's a wise fool. He's both a wise, holy man and a complete idiot. And Baba used to have, he was kind of Baba's idiotic alter ego. And Baba used to tell these funny stories about Sheikh Nasrin. You can hear him. Once it was cold, it was snowing. <clears throat> Today, the men and women are so happy with the heat from these lights, right? So it was snowing here and there. So I was saying, what is the Papa talking about there? And this was, um, what was the date on it, September? What did I say, September? September 1978. So what's the weather like in September? It's still uh, cold, isn't it? It can be very cold. And, you know, Baba's coming from the northern hemisphere where it's warm. It's the end of summer, so he probably wasn't too happy with how cold it is. 
And so he's saying, everybody's happy because it's warm in here. <clears throat> anyway. One patient was sneezing, went to Sheikh Nasruddin, and said, oh, Sheikh Nasruddin, please give me some medicine. Nasruddin asked, what has happened to you? He said, I have a cold. Nasruddin said, oh, brother, just do one thing. Go upstairs to the bathroom and take a cold bath and then go and sit in my open garden. <laughs> the man asked, what will that do for me? Nasruddin said, from this, you'll be afflicted with pneumonia. <laughs> the man asked, how will that help me? Nasruddin said, I don't have any medicine for a cold, but I have the best antidote for pneumonia. <clears throat> Baba says, don't be like Sheikh Nasruddin. You should have complete knowledge. <laughs> you should also find out who can make you become aware of God. A great being can awaken your inner Shakti. He can make you come to know of Shakti. With the medium of Shakti, inside, you will come to know of Shiva. So when you come here and you meet Shakti, you experience spiritual energy, that already is the awakening. And what the path really is about is growing that Shakti, that experience. Learning, let the Shakti teach you. The Shakti will teach you how to enhance it. It will tell you how to move, how, when it is that you move away from it, and you're depleted of shakti, and then it'll reward you for moving towards it. And what things move towards it? Spiritual practices. Coming to satsang, taking the learn to meditate course, doing the mantra. These things all enhance the shakti. And as that, that becomes, uh, your life becomes enhanced by this joyful energy that comes in. Your relationships improve, your work situation improves, everything improves as you get filled with shakti. Baba says, there were many women gurus. The first supreme guru is your inner energy, your inner shakti. Now I'm going to mention some of the names of our Indian women gurus. Now look, I haven't read any Western philosophies to talk about Western women gurus. Otherwise, you'll just start challenging me, saying, tell me Western gurus. However, I know a lot of Indian women gurus. I've read so many books, so many scriptures, you'll need a bigger hole than this to locate all of them. There is Parvati, and Mirabai, and Muktabai, and Bahinabai, and Janabai, and Queen Chudala, who's here, and Gargi, who's here, and Maitreyi, and Akamaha Devi, and Laleshwari. In recent years, there was Ananda Mayama, who Baba met, and the mother of Pondicherry, that's Aurobindo's uh, Shakti, and Sarada Devi, who was uh, Ramakrishna's wife. There are so many names, Baba says. There's one scripture called the 1,000 names of the goddess. Should I recite all the names? And Baba starts chanting from one of those uh, stochers, and everybody claps. <laughs> he says, there are innumerable names. According to the scriptures, there isn't much difference between men and women. You know, there may be a difference in sex. So women can become gurus. If a woman becomes a guru, it's really good. When a mother becomes self-realized, <clears throat> then when the child is born, when it's still fresh, she can start making it a devotee of God. After you're all grown up, it's really hard to instill you with devotion. I'm telling you the truth, you know. 
Once there was a, a woman saint named Matalasa. She was the daughter of a sage. First she was married, later she was married to a king. The daughter of a sage married to a king. She was a great yogini. She had the knowledge of the truth. When her baby was in the cradle, she would begin a lullaby to it. She would sing, you are beginningless. You are the form of Om. You are eternal. You are the self. You are different from your body. You are the great supreme principle. You are the eternal truth. Great, huh? That's what mothers should teach their kids. They should teach their kids, I am the self. I am consciousness. I am the self. They won't understand it, but even the mothers don't understand it. Nobody <laughs> understands that. <clears throat> but it works in you. And gradually you contemplate and you start to understand what that means. And so it's good to instill these things. So he says, Madalas had seven children, and she trained them all in this way. They all became yogis and left home when they were young. They were great beings. The king was not happy. <laughs> he said, what are you doing for God's sake? Why did I marry the daughter of a sage who trains the children in this way? They've all gone, none is left. Who's going to sit on the throne? Madalasa said, just wait, we'll have one more child. <laughs> it's a wonderful story, isn't it? Then she conceived the eighth baby. Now she began to train the fetus right inside, saying, you're going to become very brave. You're going to become a courageous king. You're going to take care of all the subjects. And he became a king. He sat on the throne and was a great king. <laughs> That's like uh, Queen Elizabeth, she said, that Charles was in the womb. <laughs> That'd be great. But so important is uh, the way we think and the way we, and what we instill, you know, and um, in, in our children and in everyone. So in this way, a mother can be a great guru, Baba says. Women can become gurus. Women are gurus. Women will become gurus in the future also. Only on the outside is there a difference between a man and a woman. If you remove the flesh, what lies inside is the same. Yes called skeleton. No, it's the same. That was very naughty, wasn't it? Last question. <clears throat> Did you like that? Oh, question. When spir while spiritual seeking helps the individual lead a positive life, the impact on society as a whole is meager. These are real Western questions Bob was being greeted with, and that's about politics. Uh, is there a way to help larger numbers of people who have not yet been persuaded to lead a more positive life? Baba. Only one who eats food feels satisfaction. Only one who sleeps receives the joy of restfulness. Only one who bathes is touched by cool water. What's he saying? There has to be direct experience. Can't, what? What was it? Yeah, that's right, you heard it. It's your birthday, isn't it? It was yesterday. Yesterday, okay. I heard that. See, my sources were not correct again. 
<clears throat> Likewise, only one who practices sadhana, spiritual practice, will find life becoming more positive and beautiful. If you were to spread meditation in society, then others would have the same experience. So the greatest political act would be to teach people to know the joy of the self. Meditation is a means for attaining the inner center of rest. And this is open to every human being, not just to one. There's no ethnic group, no sex or sexual preference, no anything, no national group uh, that has a, 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 what do you call it, a monopoly on the self. The self exists within everyone. And whoever makes the effort, East, West, Indian, non-Indian, Australian, anything, if they make that effort to turn within, they can discover that same divine self within. If other people were to practice sadhana and meditation, they too would become peaceful and happy, and the atmosphere of all society would change. So it's radical politics, Baba is saying, that if there's inner growth, inner movement, you can really have change. Baba says, God exists not only within, but also without. Therefore, the first step to, to achieve awareness of the all-pervasive is to achieve awareness of the all-pervasive being who exists in the outside world, seeing God everywhere. <clears throat> there will always be conflicts because the world is made of the three gunas. And no matter what system of government is in power in a country, the enforcement of law will involve a certain amount of repression. Bob is saying that in the material world, the three gunas means the world of matter, in that world, whatever society you have, you can be the biggest idealist, whether it's left wing, right wing, or middle wing, or no wing. Um, it's always, there's always going to be somebody who feels ripped off and somebody who feels unhappy with it. Um, it's always going to be that, because that's the nature of, of uh, the physical reality. If you want to do something in the political field, you're most welcome to. But remember, the people who oppose you are human beings just as you are. One who is your friend today may become your enemy tomorrow. And one who is your enemy today may become your friend the day after. So don't be so caught up in your, uh, your political or social ideals that you go into hatred of people who believe differently because all of them have the same divinity within. Baba says, it's good to work towards improving the world through political action, provided that you look upon the people involved with the right attitude, which is to honor them and to love the self in them. So if you can form, uh, uh, if you do your political action, activism, with love rather than with hatred and antipathy, then it can be effective. Baba says, everything else is fine. We will sit quietly for a few minutes, and then we will go back to our respective places. <laughs> this is what he always said. Man is great. Woman is great. You should think well of yourself and meet everyone with love. Satgurunath Maharaj Kita. Baba in Australia in 1978. <clears throat> so now we're going to have darshan. So next week we'll uh, have our normal darshan.
hopefully, and we'll, uh, we'll have the second celebration. Um, but this is a really special thing. We've got a, a nice uh, footage of Baba giving darshan, and then of other images of Baba, and it's about how long is it? 20 minutes. It's about 20 minutes, and after that we'll meditate for 10 minutes. Right? Yeah. So enjoy, feel the shakti. And uh, once again, with great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. Satgurnat Maharaj Kijay. Okay.